Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Presented by Progressive Insurance with guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Legler earlier was awesome. Tons of basketball today, and that will continue. You get some calls in here in this hour as well with a lot of this basketball stuff. Trey Young, brilliant last night, went through the baseball mess, but there's something that we have to get to the bottom of. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Did I miss a meeting? Are UFOs now a thing? You did miss a meeting, yes. They're, they're... So UFOs have always been the kind of thing that we would make fun of people for. We'd make movies and we would portray the person who sees the UFO like as the wackadoodle, right? Like in right. that movie Independence Day where um, what's Dennis Quaid's brother's name? Randy Quaid like sees uh, the, 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 the and everyone thinks he's crazy. And then all of a sudden he's not crazy because there are actually UFOs. And that's sort of been the general perception, I think, of most of the cognoscenti about UFOs. And now all of a sudden, we're like a day away from having a report released that is going to tell us that there are UFOs among us regularly. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a 53-year-old man. I really don't know how to handle this. Okay, so this is a really big week for me, Greeny, as a UFO enthusiast. So let me just run You're a UFO enthusiast? I'm a UFO enthusiast. That's how I would describe myself. What exactly does that mean? It means I'm enthused by UFOs and 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 the potential and the concept. I'm just fascinated by the whole thing. All right. So what what the hell is going on? So in a nutshell, there's an organization that we have called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, of which I'd love to be an employee. They're scheduled to release a report on behalf of the Pentagon today or tomorrow. The Pentagon is releasing a report on UFOs today or tomorrow. And it will be unclassified and thus made public for all of us to enjoy. The report centers on more than 120 documented incidents of UFO sightings over the last two decades. 120 incidents. So by the end of day tomorrow, at the very latest, we should have a clearer understanding of what they are and perhaps even where they're coming from. How am I supposed to deal with this? Like, this is my question. Like, I'm trying to live a life here. I got mm-hmm. stuff going on. I got work. I got, mm-hmm. you know, family. I got we're empty nesters this fall. I got all this sports going on. You know, I'm trying to play some golf. And now, like, tomorrow we're going to know the truth about UFOs? Like, there were some <laughs> things in my life I was convinced I'd never know. Let me ask you this. Okay. Yes. Let's live in a world in which these UFOs do exist because they do I exist. I think we are now living in that world. We just don't yet know for certain where they're coming from or what exactly they are. We might even know today or tomorrow. What is this music? What is this the theme from? <laughs> like, Bubba, what, what is the UFO music you've chosen, Bubba? I'm just curious. It's the X-Files theme. What do you mean? You don't know what it's the, Oh, this is the X-Files? The X-Files I can't theme. hear it that well. Okay, that's well chosen. Yeah, it's a, Very it's well a classic, done. Here's my question theme. for you, Greeny. Yeah. Let's say, who knows when, anytime, a, a flying saucer, one of these UFOs, descends upon your backyard at your home in Connecticut. These th- let's say these three aliens in helmets walk out and say to you, Greeny, we've decided to take you back to our homeland. Would you like to come with us? Would you go with them back to wherever it is they're from. What are you, out of your mind? I mean, if they've left it as an option, I can either... They're asking you if you'd like to come. I can either ascend into the heavens with three strangers in helmets (laughs) taking me to their homeland, or I can stay where my family... What are you talking about? What kind of question is You're saying you absolutely would not consider it. Not not one human being alive would consider it. Are you kidding? I absolutely would not only consider it, I would go before even asking my wife. This is the most significant 
opportunity in the history of our civilization. You wouldn't consider going to outer space in a UFO? Hell no. I got golf this weekend. I mean, I got stuff planned. Who, know, who knows? They might have the, the world's greatest golf wherever they come from. But if they may very well not. <laughs> if they're coming in on a flying saucer, their technology is a lot better than ours is. I'm telling you right now, if they think they have the best golf, they've never played Royal County down. Let's not get hung up on the golf. You're telling me, <laughs> you're telling uh, me you would not consider... No, I would not. How is that possible? in their right mind. I, do you not consider me Hold a, on a, a person in his right mind? Yes, correct. As of right now, I do not. Uh, Bubba, let me ask you this quickly. And, and many may not know this, but Bubba, for a very, very long time, was not only a member of that task yeah, force. He ran the commission. He, he actually chaired that committee. <laughs> so Bubba knows more about this than almost anyone. What is that... Um, uh, 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 where is that, that area? Area Area 51. Area, area 51. 51. Mm. Uh, he's from that. That's his area code. Uh, Bubba <laughs> is from Area 51. That's where he was raised. So, Bubba, if, if indeed a, a flying saucer landed outside your house and said, we'd like to take you to our leader, are you getting on the thing? I don't even call it a plane. A, a, are you getting on the chopper? Uh, <laughs> I have, and I did. <laughs> this, is, this is lunacy. And he lived to tell about it. Is it just because you'd be afraid? Is yes. Because, leaving behind your fi- what? Listen, let me ask you a question. Yeah. You don't have children yet. I don't. Okay. One of the first things you're going to teach them when you have them mm-hmm. is if a stranger invites you to get into any sort of vehicle, not only should you not do it, but you should immediately inform some person of authority <laughs> who can save you from someone who might very well be a predator. I don't mean to make joke, make, make light of what is obviously a very serious thing. But this is not that different of a concept. This is an Three exce- randos from another planet are inviting you onto a spaceship for, and you're getting on? First of all, they're being safe. They're wearing helmets, okay? <laughs> Se- secondly, this is an exception to the rule. No. If you're the first person chosen to go off to a far and distant land, how could you pass up that opportunity? Oh, I could. It's outrageous it, oh, to me. Just watch me. It'll be the easiest pass up <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. Anyway, so tomorrow we'll know. That's it. Like, we'll just know that. Like, there were so many things in life you figured you'll never know. I've been around a while. I'm a lot older than you are. There are many things that I have long since accepted I'll never know the answer to. How in the world are we going to function knowing if there are UFOs? Will the, will the information in this report change your view of the world at all? Yeah, sure. It could. If it turns out there are, like, actually UFOs around us at all times. What is worst case scenario for you? The worst case scenario is golf gets canceled this weekend. Greenies takes. I didn't mean to go quite that far with that, but it was funny. Anyway, my, my take is actually solicitation of your take. If you go to my Twitter page right now, at ESPN Greeny, you have a little while left to cast your vote in today's poll. Which of these young superstars do you choose? Trey Young, he's 22. Devin Booker, he's 24. Donovan Mitchell, he's 24. Luka Doncic, he's 22. I've seen a lot of people in the comments are upset that I didn't include Jason Tatum. That is not a referendum on Tatum's greatness as much as it is a referendum on just the four breakout stars of this postseason. So I'm now going to go around the horn with the hashtag crew and ask you that question, beginning with Nuno. Nuno, who is my vice president of basketball passion, which of these guys are you choosing? Trey Young, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Luka Doncic. One of the reasons I actually contemplate in Trey is because unlike the other guys, He's not likable, in which I like, right? So he is someone who I think most fan bases are going to hate if he's not playing for you. But I still would take Luka. 
you think Luca is endlessly likable? I mean, I, I think Luca is a guy who gets under some people's skin mm. too, no? He has some traits where he needs to fix in terms of always complaining about, uh, you know, complaining about uh, not getting foul calls and oh, things of that nature. Does he ever? It's but, excruciating. But if you've been paying attention, the league is going to look into what the things that Trey Young amongst people, a lot of people do, where he's jumping into the defender. So I wonder when they start calling this game a little different next year, how like, you know, how great is Trey going to be? That's fair. It's a reasonable question. That is something I, I was reading about that the other day that they are going to start penalizing guys who are, cre- who are instigating the contact from the shooting position and using it to draw fouls, which is frustrating as heck to watch. Uh, Bubba is next. Bubba, which of those four young superstars are you, are you choosing to start your team with? Trey Young, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Luka Doncic. Yeah, I'm uh, sticking with Luka. Luka Doncic, that's two votes for Luka. If you were with us earlier, Tim Legler basically said, for him, it's Luka or Trey Young because of all the things they can do to set up their teammates, whereas Mitchell and Booker are more true scorers. Devin, I'll give you a vote. Which guy are you starting your team with? For no better reason than he has the same name as me, Devin Booker. Okay, I like it. Devin Booker, he's the next Kobe, say some. And, of course, he had a very good relationship with Kobe, who was really a mentor to him. Hembo, how about you? The answer is Luka Doncic to me. I agree with you in that he has demonstrated that he is the best offensive player in the world, maybe aside from Kevin Durant because of all that he can do with the ball in his hands. But... I do agree with you in the sense that he definitely rubs some people the wrong way within, within that organization. Obviously, Rick Carlisle is no longer there. Donnie Nelson, the GM, is no longer there. Lucas seems to have, have, have said a lot and has sort of a lot to do with some of the abrasion going on within that building right now. So that's something at least I would keep an eye on moving I don't forward. think it's going well with Porzingis either. I, I, yeah, that's right, too. I think there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. There's it's a lot of there there. All right, you got a little while left. About a half, I think I closed the poll up at about a half hour. So you got about a half hour to vote. Which guy are you choosing? Uh, you can uh, cast your vote at ESPN Greeny. Meanwhile, I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I love Chris King. I love this guy. He's the <laughs> Islanders play-by-play man for the Islanders Radio Network. They scored an overtime goal last night to beat Tampa 3-2 in game six and force a seventh game. And if that was the last game ever at Nassau Coliseum, boy, did they send it out in style. That place was rocking. And the play-by-play call from Chris King, this is the stuff of legend. I have it up here on my screen somewhere, and I have just... Here it is. This is Chris King's call of the game winner in overtime last night. Bailey couldn't hold his own. Turnover and take... First of all, listen to how loud the building is. Yeah. Was it just my earpiece or was he being drowned out? I mean, the, the building is drowning him out. Or maybe his audio, he was very over-modulated. Bubba, can you explain to me why it was so hard to hear him? Do they have to like change his levels because he's yelling so loudly? I mean, it was definitely over-modulated, but there was definitely a loud building. So it was a lot of things going on. <laughs> Poor guy. Now, Bubba, many people may not know this, but Bubba actually created over-modulation. That was his idea, and it worked out very well at one time in the 60s. Meanwhile, a legend said something last night that is, is, is so untrue that it's bordering on ludicrous, and you need to hear it, and you will next on ESPN Radio. 
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, we have breaking news. Uh, Our Tim McMahon reporting that Rick Carlisle is the new head coach of the Indiana Pacers. Four years, 29 million dollars that's interesting it's sort of a game of musical chairs with nba coaches although you can't put carlisle in that category because he was in dallas forever um but he leaves there and and uh, according to him and according to cuban it was his choice to leave and now he goes to coach indiana it's an interesting team um or interesting decision on his part to go there so one way or another that's our, our uh, this breaking news here as it continues to come in rick carlisle is the new coach of the pacers meanwhile i'm sorry what I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? Okay. So we got to get to this. The Late Late Show with James Corden, CBS. Tom Brady is his guest last night. And I just saw the clips that we ran on TV today. They're driving around in a golf cart. And Brady, by the way, is wearing the same outfit that he wore when he did those, when he made those putts where he called out the Shambo. And so that, that obviously took place on the same day. Not, not that that's relevant to anything. But there's, there's two clips that I have for you here. The first one I'm interested to hear, I haven't heard it myself, talking about the idea of retirement and how it will be difficult to walk away. Let's hear that. You know, it's hard to walk away from something that um, you, know, you still feel like you can do and you want to do. So sure. it's not about proving it to others right. what you could do. It's more about proving it to yourself. And I still feel like even though I'll be 44 this year, I still have a chance to still you know, prove it to myself that I can still do it at 44 because I've really worked to a point where I can, you know, still do it at this age. So it's an interesting choice of music they have behind him. I, I, but, but, okay, that's good. I get that. I believe that answer. I, I, I think it's, even he has to recognize he has nothing left to prove to anybody else. He's 
The whole idea that he was a six-round, 199th pick in the draft is obviously ancient history. But then we've got the question here, so you'll hear it. Corden asks him about his feelings about being the greatest of all time. Listen to this. You know, it's hard to walk away from something that, um, you know, you still feel like you can do and you want to do. So it's not about proving it to others. That's the same cut, guys. I I have the same one there twice. That's got to be an accident or something like that. Um, Let's see if we can figure out what that is. Yeah, that's the same cut up there twice. Um, We need, I'm just going to give these guys, uh, actually, Bubba, if you have it, go ahead and play it. Here it is. I have it. So this, this is the one we meant to play. There's one thing being like really good at something. There's something else about being the greatest of all time. How often do you think about that? I don't. Really? No, because I don't. Never. You never sit and think, at what I do, I'm the best. It's like saying, uh, you know, what do you like better, steak, fish, chicken? Okay. So he said, no, I don't. Let's be clear. I like Brady. I don't know him well personally. I've been around him a little tiny bit. Obviously, I've rooted against his teams for most of my life and most of his career because he was the quarterback of the Patriots. But I have extraordinary regard for him, um, which I think any sports fan should. But there are no words to describe how much I don't believe that. I mean, I, I, I don't know where to begin to describe how how strongly I feel that the exact opposite is true. I believe Brady is the closest thing I've seen mentality-wise to Michael Jordan of any athlete. And the more insight I get into him, the more I talk to guys like Rob Ninkovich and others who played with him, who really know him on a level that I never will, <clears throat> the more convinced I am of that. The insane competitiveness and <clears throat> the extraordinary attention to detail, the demand of greatness from everyone around him, um, all the rest of that. I, I believe, not only do I not believe that Tom Brady doesn't care or doesn't think about being the greatest of all time, I think he's obsessed with it. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I think in order to be that, you have to be obsessed with it. Michael Jordan was obsessed with it. The difference is he wouldn't deny it. If you ask Michael Jordan, how often do you think about being the greatest of all time? His answer would be every minute of every day. I never think about anything else. And that's how I got to be Michael Jordan. Again, Brady has accomplished everything Jordan has and and then some. I mean, he's got seven championships in a sport that it's harder to get one. And so I think that it is beyond any reasonable possibility that he really doesn't think about that. For whatever reason, he, he doesn't want to tell you that, and that's fine, whether it's because he likes that for his image or whether he thinks it somehow diminishes him competitively, <clears throat> puts him at some competitive disadvantage. I don't know, and it doesn't really matter. But what I want to say, and I don't mean this to be a criticism, it just is a statement of fact, is I think to be the best at anything you have to be obsessed with being the best at that thing. I think you have to. I don't think there's an option. I don't think you can because the, what, what, what you never get to see, I, I used this quote yesterday, but I'll do it again. The, the legendary Lombardi quote where he would walk in at the beginning of training camp, <clears throat> first practice of the year, first time assembling the team. And he would say, men, everyone in this room who wants to win the championship this year, please stand up. Of course, everyone in the room stands up. Then he says, every one of you who was willing to sacrifice what it is going to take, remain standing. 
And it's, it's, my, it's one of my favorite stories because what we get to see is Brady with the trophy. And, and I was just watching on Instagram the other day. He was mic'd up for the Super Bowl. They showed, I saw on Instagram that moment where he was reunited with his family on the field, like his kids found him and Giselle, you know, and all the mayhem that is on the field. And it's this beautiful moment. I mean, it's beautiful. And um, we get to see all of that. We get to see the commercials. We get to see, you know, the Kentucky Derby. We get to see all the glamour. But I'm telling you, being a football player is not a glamorous job. The glamour is few and far between. Being a baseball player is much more glamorous. You play a game every day. Literally every single day, you're out there in front of 40,000 people in baseball. In football, they practice constantly. They're in meetings constantly. They play 16, well, now 17 games a year. They work the other 340 days nonstop to do it at the level he does it for sure. And all that he has sacrificed with his diet and TB12 and everything else, that's an obsession. So what I'm saying is, and I don't mean this critically, not only don't I believe he doesn't care about being the greatest of all time, I think in order to be Tom Brady, you have to be obsessed with it. And that's why he's still doing it. And I think it'll be very hard for him to walk away until he stops being that. He will have to sense himself that he isn't what he once was in order to step away. All right, Greeny with you. What if someone says something that sounds like utter blasphemy but might, in fact, be absolutely right? We'll discuss that next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickRanger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny coming to you from live above, <clears throat> pardon me, the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. And a reminder, if you ever miss anything on our show, we're here with you two hours every single day, coast to coast on ESPN Radio. We also stream live on ESPN Plus, and that lives for the rest of the days. So you can watch anytime you want. We also take the show and make it into a podcast. Both hours of the show posted daily as a podcast available anywhere you listen to podcasts. It is called Hashtag Greeny. Speaking of things we did earlier in the show, we're getting some reaction, I'm told, to our UFO conversation. Hembo is a lunatic and has. they're going to announce this. I mean, there's a task force. This mm. is not a joke. No. 
the Pentagon is going to release a report today or tomorrow with details on UFOs. Like the whole UFO thing is about to change forever as they're going to release this report today or tomorrow. And Hembo made the insane statement that if aliens were to land on your lawn mm-hmm. and say, here, just hop on in the ship here and go off with them, that you would go. I, w- I would go without even going inside to grab a drink of water, to use the bathroom, to inform my wife and my dog that I might never see them again. This is a, this is a once in eternity opportunity. This is a chance to change humanity. This changes the course of mankind. How you, could you, I possibly you know, you say no? You know nothing of that. You have no idea exactly. if it's a chance to change of, humanity. Of course I don't know. That's the whole point. Would, would, you, would you go to the moon? Would you go to the moon? Would you go to Mars? No. You would, do, you would do neither of those things. Correct. So it's going to be very difficult to convince you that, you know, to go to a TBD location, I right. suppose, with three uh, aliens wearing helmets. If they gave helmets. you, like, like Jeff Bezos, the opportunity to go into space mm-hmm. for like 11 minutes or yeah. whatever it is, you would do it? Absolutely. The, the, why would you not? It's so cool. It's so... Nah, there's nothing out there. There's nothing out there. There's, there's everything out there. out there. Nah, I got it. I'm, I'm good. But how do you know that there's nothing that you need out well, there? There are a lot of things I don't know that I'm willing to live without knowing. In fact, whether or not there were UFOs has always been on that list. And so I'm actually kind of put off by the idea yeah, until that they're going to tell us. So that actually does worry me. But there's any number of reasons. What if these aliens wanted to kill you? I'm willing to take that chance. That's, that's, what if there was, and we're going to do this delicately, okay. some sort of probing mm. that could take place. What kind of probing? No, any kind. Any kind. Yes. I mean, uh, just, just if they wanted to, like, test you. Like experiment like, like, on my body? Yes, correct. Like, if they just wanted to say, well, we, okay, we have an example now of a human being. So, you know, <laughs> we, we've, got, we've got this, and let's, let's, let's do all sorts of testing on it. I'm not interested in being that. I would be very curious. Why Next they... thing you know, you're like the, the, the guy on operation that's nose beeps <laughs> of a pant, you know, every time you touch it. Now you're lying there on a table in a spaceship on Mars. I'd be very curious why they chose me for, for that operation. Um, no pun intended. Because you were the only one stupid enough to oh, willingly get on. I guarantee you, if I put out a Twitter poll right now, at least 50% of people would agree with me. I'm certain of that. People are exploratory. People are curious. You have a chance, Greeny, to do something no one has ever done before. And then if you do wind up making it back from wherever it is they take you, you are the only person that has that information and you become, you become the most important person to ever live. Well, let me, let me add one thing to this conversation, which mm-hmm. is that you've added something to this equation. What is that? At no point did you say you'd be the only person doing this. I I'm, did. I told you they're going to go to your backyard. They're going to put you on their rocket ship because they've chosen you and, and ascended out of Meaning no other human being gets that. Correct. You e- are the only one. less chance I'm going now. <laughs> Way less but chance. But you, you don't even like people. <laughs> no, but, but now we got, I mean, I have no one to fight with if things go bad. I got no posse. I got no, I got no team. So, no way. No, I'm not good with that at all. Okay. Uh, let me go through a couple of other things here. So, the big thing that everyone talked about today. Well, I have a few I'm sorry what. Why don't we play them all for you? Let's do I'm sorry what. I'm sorry what? 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 I'm sorry what? I'm sorry what? I'm sorry. What? Let's react to all of them. Let's start with Steve Kerr, NBC Sports Bay Area, talking about Kevin Durant, how good he is, and took it at least one step too far. He's the most talented basketball player on earth. Uh, if not of all time, honestly, um, he's just so gifted. You played with Michael Jordan, and, and, and I know. KD's, I know. Is right I think there. he's more gifted. I really do. I mean, it, that's saying something. But Kevin is a different entirely. Okay, so that that was Steve, and again, he won three titles with Jordan. And I will make myself as clear as I possibly can. In the very narrow definition 
of being 6'11 and able to score unlike anyone that size ever has, then yeah, sure, he's the most gifted player. I, that, no one's going to argue that. But what I would argue is that there are lots of other things that could be described as gifts that Michael Jordan had in abundance. Most of them were above his neck, if you know what I'm saying. I think Michael Jordan was the mentally toughest athlete. I'll, I'll give you an example. I, uh, you know, my son graduated, and they had the school had a baccalaureate, and I spoke, and my speech was entitled "Everything You Need to Know in Life You Could Learn from Michael Jordan." And I told a few Michael Jordan stories and turned them in each into individual lessons. And one of the things that I have learned is I have given some thought, having now been in therapy as long as I have and now being as, as interested in the concepts of mindfulness and meditation as I am, is that Michael Jordan was 30 years ahead of that. Like Michael was that, and I think I would credit Phil Jackson with a lot of that. But the whole idea of being fully present and all that stuff, living literally in this moment, Michael, no one ever did that better than Michael Jordan, ever. And I think Phil Jackson probably turned him on to that. So I think Michael Jordan's mental toughness, his tenacity, his competitiveness, his, um, his unwavering self-confidence, I think those are gifts. And I think those are the things that made him the greatest player of all time. And so what I'll say is, I don't know whether or not there's someone else out there who is as tall as Kevin Durant, who shoots a basketball as well as he does, who just doesn't have, who didn't have the opportunity, didn't have the gifts, whatever it is. I won't even go there because there probably isn't. I will grant you, he's the most gifted scorer I've ever seen. He's the best pure scorer I've ever seen. But I'm, I'm the last one standing on this hill. I'm not willing to say he's more gifted than Michael Jordan because I, I don't define gifts that narrowly but all those things that you described i don't <clears throat> consider gifts a gifts a gift is something given to you something that you inherited something that you um those things that you're describing for michael jordan are things that he developed those oh, are i don't know that, that. i don't know them. that he developed them i don't know that i i, I there's you some element was, of that you have to be born with you think he was born with a, the sort of level of aptitude that other people just are not i i think that some of the things that we just described the competitive, the, the tenacity, the self-confidence, the self-belief, you know, it's the whole nature or nurture thing. I, I think there's a combination of the two, but I don't think every person who wants to can develop that mentality. I really don't. Like Kobe calls it the Mamba mentality and all the rest of that. I, I don't know. There are elements of it I'm sure everyone could adapt, but I, I think that you have to have certain traits certain um, psychological traits and probably biological and chemical traits that I, this, we're getting way out of my league here. But I, I think there are, what I, what, this is a very long-winded way of saying, I think Michael Jordan had gifts that were unique, that made him the greatest player ever. And I think that historically he's an infinitely greater player than Kevin Durant. If you asked him the same question, do you think he would say, I was born with that or I developed that I think that he would say he was born with it mostly hmm. I, I, I you're asking me about Michael yeah I mean no not as much as Kevin Durant was born to be 6'11 right. I mean you know you could only do so much about that but I think that he would say he was born with most of it hmm. and look he his parents were you know he's incredibly close to his parents his mother is still with us he there's a lot of that going on there too but I think that he had a lot of gifts I guess what I'm saying is I'm not willing to go there Everyone else is. That's fine. 
everyone is entitled to. I also think that that there are things about defense that, that come into this conversation as well. But I'm not even going to go there. That, that's my take on him. The other thing I wanted to play under the, the category of I'm sorry what is Mike Rizzo, the general manager of the Washington Nationals. I have the credit here. We had it earlier in the show. Uh, Mike Rizzo was on 106.7 The Fan, and he was saying what I said, which is that Joe Girardi, the manager of the Phillies, when he sent the umps out there to inspect Max Scherzer, was doing it because he was playing a game. That was gamesmanship to the nth degree. That was his goal. Uh, he's a con artist. He, 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 he got you... He got you in the in the con, so uh, <laughs> you believe it, and uh, that's that's just the way, that's the way it is. He's been doing that for years. So they asked him, "Do you think Girardi was playing games there?" Of course he was. What are we idiots? Of course. <laughs> I love it. I love it because I totally agree, and it does present the one flaw in the situation. So the commissioner, Rob Manford, in an interview with The Athletic said, my view is the first two days of this have gone very well. We've had no ejections for foreign substances. Players in general have been extremely cooperative. The inspections have taken place quickly in between innings. The data suggests we're making progress. All of that is true. Mm-hmm. I agree with all of that. I agree with Rob that for the, in the overwhelming, well, in the bigger picture, this has gone well. I think I would describe it as a success. Oh, yeah. It's a successful mm-hmm. venture. But the one piece they need to take out is the manager's challenge or whatever you call it. Once they're doing these regular inspections, you, the manager, should not be able to send the umpires out there to do it again. Because at that point, it isn't actually accomplishing anything. Correct. He's, he's been inspected and is going to be inspected again. So you're not getting anything out of it. What you're, but what you are doing, if you saw that Max Scherzer was being agitated by having to be inspected the first couple of times, what you are doing is trying to take him out of his game mentally, and that they need to get out. Right, it's serving as a competitive advantage for a team that's you know against a pitcher who might be shoving for that on that particular day. So I agree with you. That's the one loophole here that Joe Girardi exploited on day two. And honestly, I'm a fan of the Phillies. He made a mockery out of the whole thing. I was embarrassed in in watching it. And then if you're a believer in ball, don't lie. They lost that game and they lost 13-12 to 12 yesterday after blowing three different leads and the Nationals left Philadelphia awfully happy. Well, I am a believer in ball, don't lie, but I also have a question. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. So, Sergio Romo dropping his pants on the field. Max Scherzer, like, dramatically pulling his pants down on the mound and all of that histrionics. Joe Girardi and, and basically looking like he was trying to fight Max Scherzer. It is, of course, unseemly. It's unsightly. It feels beneath the dignity of what they do. Or does it? Like, we just had a conversation recently about how one of the things that sports is kind of missing is legitimate rivalry, genuine dislike. Tim Legler talked about it earlier today in an entirely different context about how when he was playing in the 90s, one of the reasons for the physicality and everything else is that everybody wasn't friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the 90s, if Trey Young knocked down a three and shimmied his shoulders the way he did. If he did that, I'm just going to use an example against the Knicks. On the next trip down court, Anthony Mason would have thrown him into the stands. He would have been sitting with the seats. Anthony, each of Anthony Mason's legs weighed more than Trey Young. <laughs> Trey Young feels comfortable enough on a basketball court to shimmy his shoulders before he shoots. That's just the way the sport is now. And, and at least one of the reasons, according to Legler, is that these guys, for the most part, have been friends since they were 12. They're all in the same AAU circuit. They all play in the same tournaments. They all know each other. It's fine. I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I think the game is better. 
But we just talked about how we sort of have lost genuine rivalry. Like, how long ago was it that Pedro Martinez threw Don Zimmer on the ground? Right? Like, that was rivalry. The Yankees and the Red Sox, what's that, 20 years ago at this point? Almost. 18 years? Was that 03-ish? Whenever that was. That was legit rivalry. Mm -hmm. Like, the Yankees and the Red Sox hated each other. There was legit rivalry. You know, do, do we think the Bears and the Packers hate each other? The fans, maybe. Do I think the players on the Bears and the players on the Packers hate each other? That, that beyond the significance of it divisionally, that that game means more to them than others do? I don't know. Do the Yankees and Red Sox still resonate the way they did? I don't think there's any rivalry. And we had this conversation in the context of Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka being good for the sport. But Hembo... Mm. If Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka having that kind of overt feud is good for what, what is considered a gentleman's sport, then how can Joe Girardi and Max Scherzer screaming at each other not be good for baseball? It's good for baseball. Petty is always good. And my hope is that, A, this, these new rules, the, uh, these new procedures will create an environment in which pitchers don't have this big advantage. And B, also creates some theater for ourselves. I think Major League Baseball should obviously... Get, get ahead of this and not allow managers just to go rogue because what we're going to get then, all it takes is two bad actors. So if Davey Martinez wanted to play along, that game would have lasted six hours and every pitcher would have gotten checked on both sides and that would have been a mess. Okay, I have a big story. All right, this just got sent to me and this is from Adrian Wojnarowski. This is from the legendary Woj. Discussions on Philadelphia 76ers all-star Ben Simmons' future with the franchise started in Chicago this week and included Simmons' agent, Clutch Sports CEO Rich Paul, and Sixers management. Paul, again the agent, met with the president of basketball operations, Daryl Morey, and the GM, Elton Brand, at the pre-draft combine to begin evaluating the next steps in Simmons' Sixers' career. Paul engaged the Sixers on whether it makes sense to work together to find a trade before the start of next season, but no request was made and the sides are expected to continue talking ahead of the July 29th NBA draft and August free agency. Simmons, 24, has four years and $147 million left on his contract. The rest then goes into a lengthy description of all of the struggles that he had in that series. But again, here's the story from Woj. Conversations have begun between the Sixers and Ben Simmons' representation about whether or not it makes sense for him to be moved The way Woj is describing it, the Simmons side, the agents, brought up whether or not it wouldn't be in everyone's best interest, but have not demanded a trade. Hembo's a a Philadelphia sports fan. Your reaction? I can tell you for certain that a vast majority of fans inside Philadelphia never want to see him play for the 76ers again. Though it's not fair to ever blanket 100% of the blame on any one person for anything, especially something as big as losing a playoff series. Ben Simmons is the one that's going to have to bear this for the 76ers. There's no question about it. He has lost the city. Nuno, your thoughts. Is, this, is, is, is it the right thing for the Sixers to trade away Ben Simmons knowing they will not get anything in compensation that rises to what his stature in the NBA generally is? I do think it's the right thing for them to just divorce each other. Let me ask you this, and I know it isn't on the list of options, because they're not trading him to the Knicks. But if I told you right now the Knicks could get Ben Simmons, I'm trying to think of what a package would include. It would have to include Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. 
It's going to include a lot of the. They're going to probably want a bunch of their the young players and their picks or something of that nature. Would you do it? I would actually. You want you want Ben Simmons? I do think Ben Simmons in a different environment uh, would or could work. See, here's the thing: I'm a little worried about Simmons in any harsh environment now, mm. because what happened? Obviously, Philly is the worst place, but what happened was so public. I mean, it was so visible that while I think there'll be an element of the fan base that will be really excited and, and, and wanting to welcome him with open arms and make him feel as good about himself as possible, I also think they'll be quick to turn. Hmm. I, I also think there will be the groans in the building every time he passes up one of those shots. And I, I think he needs to go to a, a, a low, a, a place where the pressure is a little lower, the lights are a little dimmer. I think that would be the best thing for him, whether they can figure that out or not. That's a big story. It's been really fun today. Thanks for hanging out. Enjoy the UFOs. See you tomorrow. ESPN Radio.